thank you for coming back to another episode of Maverick Messages. My name is Kaylee. And I'm Gina. And we are students at Providence Baptist College. So listen closely to Brother Phil Johnson as he shares more about the topic, how to deal with stress when it comes into our life. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28, 29, and 30. It says, how about you all read it with me? We're gonna, we'll read these three verses together. Matthew chapter 11, starting at verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. At different times in our life, we're gonna have a heavy burden. Now, your heavy burden right now may not seem like a heavy burden to someone else, but it is a heavy burden to you. And I'm not saying that you're going through this deep, deep trial in your life, but also what's big to you, remember, is big to God. He's here for, he's there for us. That's, he wants us to trust in him and to lean on him, but he's not just going to impose himself on us, but he wants us to do that. We're all going to go through different trials in our life. There's many different people in the Bible that have gone through trials, that have gone through different stresses. You hear, oh, I've got stress. You know, there's a lot of stress in my life. I think of Moses. You heard Pastor talk about it on Sunday. He preached on Moses and how he smote the rock when he wasn't supposed to do that. He had a stress in his life. He's like, these people, Lord, I'm, I'm trying to follow you. These people just won't follow me. You ever had that before where you try to go, you try to get a group together, let's, let's go, let, let, let's, let's wake up a little earlier, let's stay up and, and pray a little bit. Let's have a little Bible study. They're like, no, no, I don't want to do that. You're like, come on, I just I want to do right. And not to, not to boast about myself, but no one seems to follow me. You try to go out soul winning and your partner, not that they're bad or anything, but you try to lead and they're just like, they have no part of it. Then what am I going to do, Lord? The stress comes. You're trying to have people follow you. You're trying to do right and they don't want to. Do you take it out like Moses and disobey God and, and, and jeopardize his future? He could have gone into the promised land, yet he couldn't do that because he handled strife wrong. What about the widow of Zarephath? She goes and she has one meal left for her and her son. And this man of God, this guy comes to the house and says, make me that food. And in her mind, she's already stressed as it is. I've got one meal left. I'm going to make this little tiny meal. She probably was going to give most of it to her son. I could imagine that she would probably give as much as she can to her her son, and she would take just a little bit. And she knew that in just a few days, she was going to die, and her son was going to die too. More important to her, her son was going to die. She probably did not care much about herself, her son. And then this man of God comes by and says, give me your food. What, what do you think kind of stress went on there? Do you, and, and, and maybe she, maybe unlike me, she, would just, she just went right away. But the thought in my mind would be, come on, God, I, I'm, I'm trusting. I'm, I'm trying to do right here. And, and the stress comes on. What am I supposed to do? You put this added stress in my life. But she goes and submits to the, to the man of God. She submits, which is a good thing, submit to the man of God, the man of God in your life, your pastor. There's sometimes, now we don't worship man, but there's sometimes your pastor's going to say, do this or don't do that. And you, you may just need to say, you know what? I don't know why he says that, but I'm going to do it. And say, I don't have the answer. And that's what it used to be. My parents, when they came to church, they didn't know all the Bible doctrines. They know a lot now. It was if preacher Gomez said to do it and it's from the Bible, I'm just going to do it. No questions asked. And I'll find out later why the Bible actually says, and I'll make sure I go and find that out. But I'm just going to do right. That's what she did. What about Job? Do you think he was under a little bit of stress? Different type, different, different dynamics. One was people weren't going to follow. The other one was their daily living. They didn't, she didn't have enough to survive. Then Job goes and his family's gone. Everything that he owned was gone like that. 
And not that only, then the devil, then, then, then God allows the devil to have sores all over Job's body. Can you imagine that? His friends come and basically just blame him, and, and it seems like no one's for him. His wife probably was for him. She said, curse God and die, and she probably loved him enough to say, you know, if you just do that, you could die and just get out of this. But he said, no, no foolish woman, and I don't think it was that she was maybe necessarily that foolish. I think she loved her husband. But it seems that everyone's against him, and, and, and what am I supposed to do? Sometimes we're going to be stressed. You hear this saying, too, too blessed to be stressed. Right? Have you ever had too blessed, too grateful to be hateful? It sounds like in, in, when I was in uh, at, at youth conferences, when I was a teen, we used to have an evangelist come in, and he'd have all these crazy titles. Um, Anchor, your tanker. Okay, I mean, you have different things. Where's the beef? You probably know I'm talking about. Uh, it's no baloney. You need a Zamboni. Okay, you'd have different titles like that. And, and, and my favorite, it's time to stab the flab. Okay, so you'd, most of the time you'd remember the title, not necessarily the message, okay? Hopefully today you'll remember the title, but I kind of, I feel like he would have preached something like this, the title. But hopefully you remember the message, not just the title, but it's too blessed, but I'm still stressed, okay? I still, I'm blessed. I, God, I know that I'm blessed, but there's still a lot of stress in my life. And that's a human thing. We know we have blessings. We know we've been blessed to God. If you were to go and write down just a few blessings, look at the college that we have here. Look at the church that you have back home. It's perfect, right? No, it's not perfect, but you've been blessed with that church. You've been blessed with the man of God. You've been blessed with teachers that come here. You've been blessed to have the clothes that you have. A lot of you, maybe you bought it, but for most of your life, you didn't buy anything. Everything was provided for you. And more than any other country in the world, we've been blessed with so much. We feel like we're poor right now, but we're richer than most, the other, most every other country in the world. Most any other people in the world, we've got more than all of that. But there's still going to be times where we know we're blessed, but I'm still stressed. How do we deal with that? Let's go. We're going to go to a, a, a passage in just a little bit, how to deal with stress when it comes into our life. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for all you've done for us. I pray that you use this message today. Speak through me this morning. In your name I pray. Amen. Turn to Mark chapter 5. And while you do there, I'm going to give you a little story. How many of you heard of uh, Corey Tenboom? I've heard of her before. It's actually neat. We were at, uh, we went to Wheaton uh, college yesterday with Pastor Kavanaugh. A lot of the staff guys were able to go. We were able to actually see her passports that after she was let out of the concentration camp, all the travels she went through, we were able to, and I don't know if we were supposed to, maybe we shouldn't record this, but we were able to flip through the passports. We were able to actually touch it, see the picture that was actually taken of her and all that she did. Um, how many of you, you know a little bit of the story of Corey Tenboom? Um, when she was a teenager, young lady, um, and there, there's a lot that went on. Their, their family was a Dutch uh, clockmaker and watchmaker. They, they worked, she worked in a uh, clock, or her father did. And there was a time in her life, and I think it, it, it starts at this point where then God was able to use her. God had to put her through a little bit of stress. And for her, it was relationship stress, okay? She had a guy she was interested. She thought she was going to marry this guy. She had everything planned out. This was Mr. Wonderful. This was her knight in shining armor. She's going to get engaged. She's going to get married. One day he comes over and knocks on the door. She opens it up, and he's standing there with another lady, his fiance. Just so you know, I'm going to be marrying so-and-so. I hope you have a great day. I don't know what, I, what went on, but I can't imagine. I mean, how do you announce that? She goes, and after the conversation, she goes and closes the door. And this is from her words. She says, it was, uh, it was as if my heart was broken that moment. And after they had gone, I went straight to my bedroom. I said, Lord Jesus, I belong to you lock, stock, and barrel. 
Is that how you respond after stress comes in your life? Something that major? I mean, and to her, that, that's major, okay? If you've ever broken up before and it was kind of serious, that can, that is, that's a major part of your life, right? That, that's, a, that's a lot of stress. She turns around and says, God, I'm yours 100%. I surrender this part of my being that is wounded. She took that wounded part in her life, that stress that came in, she said, God, I surrender it to you. It's yours. You deal with it. You use it exactly how you want to use it. I've had, I've had a very happy life, she says, and Jesus has taken care of me, so, uh, for me, uh, so for me that I have never become a frustrated old maid. She never got married. But I had to surrender my if only. She had to surrender that stress in her life. When that came, the first thing wasn't, let me go start crying about it and feel sorry for myself. I'm sure she cried about it. I'm sur- sure at some point she maybe did feel a little sorry for herself. All the dreams that she had planned now were at an end. But she said, I had to surrender. I had to give all of that to God and let him take control of it. From that moment, you see, not too long later, her mom gets sick. She was put into the clock shop to manage it. They found out she was a great manager. God used a surrender, that, that stress in her life, that when she finally turned to him and said, God, I'm yours, put her in the clock shop. World War II comes, Nazis start taking over, trying to go and gather up all the Jews. They start a plan where they're going to smuggle out different Dutchmen and different Jews up to the, what she, her herself uh, and her family, over 800 people, they were able to smuggle out one family. God was able to use her and her managing skills to be able to do that until one day someone betrays them. One of the, one, one of the, one of the soldiers somehow betrayed him and said, hey, I just need money for, to get my family out. Would you give me some money? And she felt sorry for them and she gave them money. Not too long later, they came knocking at her door, stormed up, took her, her sister, her mom had died at the time, her, her sister, and her dad. Ten days later, her dad dies. Not too much long later, her sister dies in there, was beaten, was just treated terribly. They were basically put in this, in this room that was housed for 200 people. They put 700 people in there full of lice and fleas. The guards wouldn't even come in because it was that bad. They would set the food and get out because there's too many lice and fleas. Her sister had a better attitude at the time and said, Dear Lord, thank you for the lice and thank you for the fleas because we don't have the guards coming in here. She was able to have a little Bible. Someone was able to give her a little Bible. And um, there was at one point, she had, they, they, were getting, they, uh, they were getting inspected. They came out, and they were going through and making sure they didn't have any contraband. She had the Bible in her, uh, on her, her dress. She had it in her possession. She prayed, Lord, and I've heard other people, other stories that have prayed the same way. She said, Lord, you've made the blinded eyes to see. Please help the seeing eyes to be blind. And they went, and when they went to inspect to see if she had contraband, someone else stepped up and said something and took the attention away, and she was able to keep that Bible that she had. She was a- able to be let go. Her sister died. She was able to be let go. A few days later, every, all the ladies her age were killed, exterminated. She's like, it must have just been some error. No, it was God. Because at the beginning of her life, when she was becoming a young adult, that stress came, and what did she say? God, I'm yours. I'm stressed. I'm blessed. I'm stressed right now, but I'm going to take that stress and give it to you. We see a Bible example of the same thing. If you go to Mark, turn to Mark chapter 5, if you're there, I don't know if you're there already. Mark chapter 5, verses 21. It says, And when Jesus passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him and was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, what did he do? He complained. You're my, my daughter's dying. It's your fault. Where have you been all my life? Why, what did you do to me? Why did you bring me here, God? Why, is that what he did? No, what did he do? He fell at his feet and besought him greatly, not just a little bit. He knew who to go to, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. 
And guess what happens? Jesus went with him. His his prayer is going to be answered. He came, he besought, he went to the one that could heal it. And he's going to go and they're going to go and he's going to heal his daughter. And, And Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. And then comes along a certain woman, which would have made me mad. If, if Jesus is going to take care of my request, this would have made me mad. I'm just being honest, just speaking in the flesh here. So he's going to heal this daughter. And, then, and, and it says, and a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. And when she heard of Jesus, came in and pressed, uh, in the press behind and touched his garment. Verse 28. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? Or who touched me? And he looked around, uh, uh, and he looked around to see her that, uh, that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing that uh, what she had done in her, what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. We see, while Jesus is going with Jairus to heal his daughter, he's really excited, someone else comes up and stops Jesus. On the way, this is a time-sensitive thing. His daughter's about to die. He knew that. He knew there was only one person, there's only one place he can go, and that was to Jesus. That was the answer. He goes there, Jesus walks with him, and then he stops. And he answers someone else's request. Now, I'm thankful for that, but what, are you, what if that was you? You had this urgent request, and you look around, you see all these answered prayers. You're like, God, where's my answer to prayer? I, I've been praying for you. I, I know you're here. Could you imagine being put in that situation? What happens immediately right after this? Talk about a little bit more stress. Right after he stopped talking to her and said, because of your faith, you're made whole. While he yet spake, while the words were coming, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, thy daughter is dead. And my eyes would be, Thanks, Jesus. I thought I could trust in you, but you killed my daughter. If you would have just come with, she would have been whole. That, that, I'm just speaking fleshly. That's, 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 I, hopefully I wouldn't do that, but that's fleshly what would want to come out of me. Is that what came out of his mouth? It says, thy daughter is dead. And then they say, why troublest thou the master any further? And you see in between verse 35 and 36 that Jairus speaks out to Jesus. What does he do? He doesn't say anything, does he? He lets Jesus speak. And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. There's going to be times that we're stressed. There's going to be times that it seems that everyone else's prayers are getting answered but my own. What are we supposed to do? Let's take a couple lessons from Jairus that we can take and apply to our life, how to deal with stress. When different circumstances come in our life, we can deal with it the right way. It may be financial. It may be you drive down the road today and your check engine light comes on. And you know, okay, I'm just going to ignore that for a little bit. And you go and find out and, oh, it's a $2,000 repair. That may be a stress that comes in your life. It may be a phone call from home saying, hey, someone else that you know, yeah, just, just, just quit. Quit Bible college. You don't need to do that. Just come on home. You don't need that. It's just a waste of your time, waste of your money. Come on. We could use you here. That would be a stress put on your life, wouldn't it? What do I do? I believe God wants me here, but my friends say I need to go there, and, and they're doing so well, and I'm struggling now. I can barely pay my school bill, and if I would just leave, the stress would be all gone. Is that how we deal with stress? Whatever it may be, there's different stresses, small or big, that come in our life. How do we deal with it? Well, the first thing that we do, we learn from Jairus, is he looked to God. He went straight to Jesus. He knew where he needed to go. He knew the one person that could do that. 
What does the Bible say in 1 Peter 5, 7? Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. We think we understand how much God loves us, but we really don't understand truly how much God does love us and how much he wants to do for us, and he's right there for us. And sometimes that stress is put in our life just to try to make us stronger. And so he's going to go, but he's going to bring you through it. He wants you to take that care, surrender everything, and whatever that heart, just like Corey Timboom said, when she was wounded, she gave it straight to him. Jairus knew where to go to. Do, is the first thing we do, do we go to Jesus? Do we pray? When you're sick, what's the first thing we do? Got a headache. Oh, I'm going to take ibuprofen. That's going to fix it. Or do I pray and ask you, Lord, can, can, you, can you help? Maybe you can take care of my head. And that's a small thing. It may be something major. And I'm not saying don't go to doctors. But before we trust a physician, why don't we trust the great physician? Before we go asking, begging for money, why don't we say, Lord, maybe I put myself in this situation, and that could be where you are. Sometimes we get financially problems because we do it ourselves. But there's sometimes where we're trying to do everything right, and we just can't make ends meet. What do we do? I just got to do more. Well, yeah, you may need to do more, but did you ever ask God first for help and guidance and tell you what to do? Maybe he's got another job around the corner. Maybe you get fired from your job today. It's the first thing you do, you get bitter and upset. I've been trying to do everything. I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to go home. This is the time in the semester. Midterms are coming. The stress puts on. And then it relieves a little bit. But you know, finals are around the corner. And there's going to be a lot of stress that comes up, different types of stress. The first person you go to is God. Do you pray? He wants us to cast our cares upon him. We just don't do it. Next, do we listen to God? Or is there too much noise going on? Let it be quiet just a little bit. Can you listen to God? Is he speaking to you? Or do we just have to keep talking and talking? We have all this busy that's going on. We're on our phone doing this, that we talk to him, God, I need your help today. But yet we don't stop to listen to what his answer is. He wants to help you. Years later, I didn't mention, Corey Timbu, she went, she traveled the world over 60 countries, spread the gospel. She did a lot of things. There was a time in her life that she was, that, that she was uh, talking to people and the guard at the concentration camp that was rude and beat her sister, came up to her. And he's like, I'm sorry, I've, I've asked God, I, I, I got saved, and, and, and I, I asked God, I please, I wish I could go and apologize to someone that I was mean to and rude to and cruel to. And I want to I ask for my apology to put his hand out. What would you do? Smack him across the face and say, get out of my life. I don't ever want to see you again. You killed my sister. You'd... There's that hatred was inside, and she talks about that hatred was inside of her. Yet she heard and she remembered when the Lord convicted, Holy Spirit convicted her and said, what is murder? What, what, uh, hating someone is just like murder. In God's eyes, that hatred is just as if you murdered him. He's the one that murdered your sister. You're no better than that guy right now. And, he, and she's like, Lord, please, please forgive me of my hatred. Get that out of my life. And she puts her hands out and shakes his hand and says, I forgive you. The man that basically killed her sister and was cruel to all of them, she was able to give it up. Why? Because she knew who to go to. She went to the Lord in times of stress, but she was willing to listen to him. He's speaking to you. Sometimes it's in a still, small voice. Sometimes it's loud. Sometimes it's through preaching, through your devotions, or maybe it's just a verse that pops up into your mind. Maybe it's someone that just gives you a thought. But he wants to speak to you. Do you stop and listen to him? He's there. Go to him, but don't just uh, go to him. Listen to him. Do what he says. Look to God. Listen to him. What happens when when we speak? Well, we speak too much. We get ourselves in trouble because we talk too much. We're either going to start blaming somewhere else. We're not going to go and say, you know, I was wrong. I was the one that got, I, I was wrong. I need you. The reason I'm in this position, maybe I didn't do wrong, but I don't have the faith to trust in you. I need that faith to look to you. We speak too much. Sometimes we speak before we give God a chance. 
God wants to do it. But if Jairus would have spoken up, guess what would happen? I, he probably would have said, you know what, Jairus, you're right. You know better. Your, your daughter is dead. You didn't have faith. But no, he had the faith to let God work. You, you, you speak too much. We speak before God has the chance. You prove to others what God already knows. When you decide to speak up and not listen to God, you're just proving to everyone else what God already knows and that you don't trust in him. Do we trust in him? Do we want to listen to him? Next, so we look to him, listen to him, live what he says. Jairus went and he followed. He didn't, he didn't insert his own will. He did exactly. He followed along with quietly, listened to what God had, Jesus had to say, and he followed him. Jesus says uh, in, in Matthew uh, 16, 24, then said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. We've been given, and this is nothing new, but we've been given the instructions. You know what you're supposed to do. We just need to finally live it. It's easy to, it's easy to say things. I tell, I'll go to bus families that are dealing with things. They said, you know, I can, I'll tell you what to do. You need to trust in the Lord. That's our problem. You don't need to trust in him. It's easy to say. It's one thing to live it. It's easy to say, yeah, you need to trust in God. And, I can, you know, and I'm speaking to myself right now. I can tell you all to trust in God. But if I walk out those doors and the stress comes in my life and I don't trust in him, it's for me. It's for all of us. We need to live what he says. When you leave here today and the stress comes and different things come in your life, tomorrow, next week, next month, whatever it may be, 10 years from now, look to him, listen to him, and actually live it. That's, we need to have Christians today that don't just come to church and walk out the same. We actually go out and we apply what we've heard. We need to li- live what God has said. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. What happens when we follow God? We prove to God that he's in control. We prove to ourselves that God is in control. And to others, we, I'm going to trust in him. I'm going to go, you know, I'm actually going to have faith in him. I'm going to live what he says, and God is in control of my life, every part of my life. Brother Aswarty talked about the Holy Spirit being inside of us at salvation, but do we give him the entire house? Do we give him every part of our life where he can, oh, he has control of every part of our life, from what we say to what we do to what we think, to the music we listen to, to the friends that we have, to the person that you're interested, you're dating, recording right now. Does God have every part of that? Does God have my life? Does he have my children? Did I give it all to God, my finances, whatever it may be? I gave it to him, and he's got full control. You prove to yourself that God, is, that, that, that God is the only one that can have answers. He's the only one that has the answers, and he's the only one that can help you. You can prove to yourself when you give it and say, God, you are the only one. How many times have you thought about something, and it came? And, and it came? You wanted something? I wanted a mug. I wanted a Yeti mug, 30 bucks. It's not a waste of money, but I'm also going to spend 30 bucks on a stupid coffee mug. Now, I know you, the Yeti fans, it's not a stupid coffee mug. I, I wish I would have prayed for it, but I just thought about it. I thought about it a few times. I think I looked up 30 bucks. No way, I'm not spending that. I'll get my, 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 my uh, Getty or whatever. Instead of a Yeti, you get a, you get a Getty or whatever, you know, whatever, the, the, a Medi. No. Uh. <laughs> I was thinking it. Guess what came? Someone came to me and said, you know, I've got two. Someone just sent this to me. So this company was advertising and had their name on it. They were advertising. They gave it to me. I already have one. Would you like it? Well, you have one. Why don't you want two? I mean, if I have one Yeti and someone gives it to me, I'm going to keep it. I'm not going to give it away. What happens when one's dirty? I'm going to use the, the clean one. But no, he gave it to me. And I stopped. I'm like, whoa, that's really exciting. That's what I wanted. And then I stopped and said, what if I would have just asked God for it? It could have been an answer to prayer instead of an answer to want. God had the answer. He had that. He maybe already had that orchestrated. It was in the mail by the time I was thinking of it. All I need to do is just ask God, you know what, God, I would really like a Yeti. And if it's not your will, that's okay. I'm just not going to spend the money for it. But, you know, I really want that. It could have been an answer to prayer. Instead, it was an answer to want. And God will give us what we want. 
at times that we ask or, uh, and, and think. The Bible talks about that, that he can do that. He has power. He knows what we're thinking. It's kind of scary. You know, if God, I mean, we know God knows what we're thinking, but when it actually happens, you know, it plays out in life like, wow, I know what I was thinking the other part of the day. I wish he didn't know that part. You know, I mean, I'm glad, you know, he didn't, he didn't judge me on that. He blessed me with the, with the Yeti. We prove that God has the answers. Lastly, let God work. You look to him, you listen to him, you live, and sometimes you just have to take your hands off and say, you know what, God, I'm, I'm looking to you. I know you're the answer. I'm going to listen. You're speaking to me. You're working in my life. I'm going I'm to live like you say, but sometimes you just got to get your hands off of it. And you don't know where God is going to have you placed. The story of the men in the room and, and the different pastors that come in about how God put them from place to place and they wanted to serve God and they didn't know where it was going to be. And finally, all the, play, the pieces go together. I think of uh, Brother Jake Rabideau's dad, um, he, he, he went to Bible college. He wanted to serve the Lord. He, he didn't believe at the end of four years that God wanted him to go to Bible college. So then after that, he went to get his law degree. He didn't do that first and then give God the second fruits. He gave God the first fruits of his life and said, God, I'll do this for you. And if you don't want it, I'll graduate and then I'll go and I'll get my law degree. And that's what he did. And so he went and, and, and he became a lawyer. He was in the, the National Guard. He went over to Afghanistan, uh, I think a couple of times. He was over there doing a bunch of things. He was, he's a great blessing to the church. He was in King's Kids. He was our King's Kids leader, serving the Lord. But he's like, I know God wants me to do something. I just don't know what it is. And then 10 years ago or whatever it was, there's a position for Lighthouse Legal Ministry to be in the ministry what he wanted. You know what he had to do for all those years? He had to back off and say, God, you're in control. He could have forced it. He could have done anything. He's a brilliant man. He could have done just about anything. But he let his hands, took his hands off and said, God, you've got control of my life. I'll listen to you. I'm going to live what you say. I'm going to be quiet. I'm going to look to you, but I'm going to let God work. Jairus let God work. There's going to be times in our life that stress comes, that troubles come, that we feel like it's so much that we can't even bear it. It's just easier to quit than to deal with the stress. Now, let me tell you, there's more stress. You may, not have, you may think that if you leave here, you go somewhere else, it's going to be stress-free. That's not true. Maybe for a little bit, maybe for a few weeks, maybe for a few years, there's going to be stress. But when stress and trials and tribulations come in our life, what do you do? Look to ourself? We look to God. We're blessed. We're still going to get stressed. What are you going to do with it? You're going to look to the one that can help, and you're going to live, and sometimes just say, God, I'm yours. Whatever you want, I'm going to do it. What a helpful thought from Brother Phil Johnson. Once again, thank you for listening to this episode of Maverick Messages.